I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, hour number two, and the final one for another week. Speaking of Bear River Lodge, Roger Agate is going to join us uh, toward the end of the hour. They've got a big annual event coming up with the Utah Snowmobile Association on the first weekend of March. I'm sure we'll want to talk about that, but I'm also anxious to find out what the snow conditions are like up there for anybody that wants to get up there and uh, play around on the snowmobiles with Trax Power Sports and Bear River Lodge. Uh, Navinovskis back with us for our number two. Navi, thanks as always for being here. Place I'd rather be. Um, well, that's not true because you'd love to be skiing right now. <laughs> right now. Although Becky told me you took a little tumble the other day. Well, yeah, my nephew crashed in front of me and I tried to hop over him, but his skis came off and tripped me. Oh, all right. But you're all right. Yeah, I was a little sore. I didn't realize I fell that much, but yeah, yeah I'm fine. All right. Good news. Uh, speaking of skiing later in the, the next half hour in our snow day segment, looking forward to talking uh, with Jared Winkler, we're going to get a uh, mid-season report on how things are going up at Brighton. They've had a, a great uh, season, just like everybody else here in northern Utah. Bob Grove also still with us uh, from road tripping with uh, Bob and Mark. Bob, hello there. Hello. Trying to stay warm down here in the southwest part of the state. <laughs> yeah, from the snow that <laughs> fell in St. George, huh? Oh, I was in the middle of it. You know, I still got snow on my lawn here. Yeah, which is not what you signed up for when you decided to live at that end of the state. Heck no. I, I've got <laughs> I a, came down for the sun and heat. I've got a buddy that lives in Las Vegas, and uh, on Valentine's Day, he posted on his social media that w- it will forever be known as the Valentine's Day snowstorm in Las Vegas. They actually got some snow on the ground. Um, what's coming up on road tripping here in a few minutes? We'll connect with Mark. Well, <clears throat> speaking of snow, we know that there's probably a fair number of listeners out there are getting a little tired of it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, upcoming ideas for when the snow breaks. Uh, ah. We're going to kind of get you in the mood for uh, opera snow. All right. <laughs> opera snow activities. All right. Uh, I'm glad we're going to be talking about that today and look forward to the conversation with you and Mark. Speaking of uh, a little cabin fever, that was actually a term that came up off the air in talking with Dax Mangus, who is our big game coordinator and joins us for this first segment, guys. Dax, uh, we are midseason. I guess people are a little trunky to get out. Yeah, I think everyone's itching for for some nice weather and to get outside and enjoy it a little bit. It's still pretty cold and still pretty snowy. (laughs) Before we uh, get to the topic at hand, can I ask you a question about a a picture I saw on social media yesterday? And I apologize, I don't remember which canyon it is. But there was a a picture of a really uh, majestic bull elk that appeared anyway to be stuck on a cliff somewhere. Is there an ending to that story? I think that may be an old image that's getting recirculated. So uh, I, I don't know. 
the whole background on it yet. Someone told me it was Provo Canyon a few years ago, but I, I'm not 100% sure. All right, so fake news. I got sucked in again. I, I don't, it was an awesome-looking picture, so I, I saw it, and it caught my attention as well. Yeah, uh, really was something. All right, we're talking about getting out and playing in the outdoors, and uh, Navi, I mentioned that we're going to be talking to Dax today about owners keeping their pets under control. For the most part, uh, that's dogs on leashes. Have you had incidents where you're in, in the uh, backcountry in the winter? Of course, you're always at a ski resort, so maybe not. Well, actually, no. I like the snowshoe. We like to get in the backcountry quite a bit, but... Yeah, I'm I'm definitely aware that those animals do not need to be stressed right now. They need to keep all their resources, their calories, for just surviving the winter and not having to have fear added to it. Well, and as Bob just said, Dax, there's parts of the state that are getting snow that aren't used to it either. So it's uh, tough conditions for big game everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we really needed the water. If, if you're a skier, I mean, this is a great year. But if you're a deer or an elk, you're pushed down probably to lower elevations, more concentrated than usual just because of the, the extreme snow depths of higher. And so we've just got, you know, our animals are really concentrated. It's harder for them to get enough to eat. And, and we're pretty concerned uh, with especially deer survival. So we're just trying to remind folks to keep keep their pets close by and, and let's try to give these, these big game critters a little break. They can sure use it. Well, it's not just big game. I mean, in some cases, birds sometimes can be disrupted, right? Yes, yeah. And, and you know, you can't blame the dogs. It's, it's a lot of times Nature. It's their natural instinct. Yeah. Um, so, so we've got to step up as, as responsible pet owners and just, you know, keep them on leash when need be, keep them close by, uh, try to avoid some of those areas where we have really concentrated wildlife this time of year, whether it's, you know, birds or, or big game deer is, is the one we're really focused on right now. But yeah, just, just that in general. Here's a question I get from people from time to time asking about, you know, are there places where dogs are not allowed on or off the leash? You know, and that's just going to depend. I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of different land management agencies, the Forest Service and BLM, and and then there's a lot of trails that are parts of different cities and municipalities. And I think you've just got to, you know, pay attention, make a phone call or two, and and find out what exactly the regulations are in the the places where you're going to to go with your dog. And Navi, you'll know this. Uh, This is as much for the dog's safe uh, keeping as it is those big game. I mean, a moose could probably drop kick a a field goal with a dog, you know, 40, 50 yards. I don't know. No, 100%. And um, there's some moose, 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 that we watch, my wife and I, we, we, she's got a good eye. And I go, they're usually right there. And she always spots them. And so they're enduring. um, But yeah, the animals. I think are smart enough to know not go up on a moose, but the deer, they do want to chase them, and that's just awful for them right now. Yeah. I mean, they used to be in the lowlands, but now all the humans have taken all the lowlands, so we got to make room. Bob, I've forgotten the name of your lap dog down there. Help me. Uh, Billy. Billy. Billy's probably a lot like Sissy at our house. She is a sissy, and if she saw a moose, she'd do her share of barking, but as soon as the moose made a turn, <laughs> she'd be running home the other way. Oh, our little Billy, he's a, he's a Maltese. He's a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Bengal cat beats him up all the time. Nice. <laughs> all right, so he really has a complex. Let's walk through some of the things you tell people, Dax, about uh, keeping your dog safe. On leash is the main thing, but dogs' vaccinations up to date is important if you're going to have your dogs in the great outdoors. Yes, yep, and, there, and there's some... Uh, you know, we have some animals like raccoons and skunks that sometimes tend to carry rabies. So 
you know, for, for the safety of your dog, you know, we encourage folks to do that as well. Um, always supervise your pets uh, outdoors, particularly at dawn and dusk. Of course, that's when the uh, big games start to move around. That's when we have our problems on the roads. Uh, avoid going near den sites and thick vegetation. The den sites, I'm not so sure anybody would know about, but thick vegeta- uh, vegetation is easy to identify. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's, you know, maybe if we're talking to someone who's specifically around areas where we have, you know, a bear den or something, but that's that's pretty uncommon. But just generally, if you can keep an eye on your on your dog, eh, more likely your dog's going to stay safe and the wildlife will stay undisturbed. So stay out of those really thick areas. Here's the other thing, going back to your point about uh, nature for dogs right now, they're attracted to the smell of a dead animal. And if you find a carcass, that's a place you want to make sure you keep your dogs away from for disease sake. Yes, yep, for disease sake. Um, and other uh, and predators. Also, uh, yeah, a lot of times a, a cougar or mountain lion will, will kill a deer. You know, that's their primary source of prey. That's what they eat. And they'll eat part of it and stash the carcass and, and, uh, and they return to that and feed on it several times. So, yeah, if you find one of those, that's probably a good area to, to give give some space to whatever cougar or mountain lion is, is eating on that dead deer there. You don't want to get in between or have your, your pet get in between that lion and its and its food. Yeah, I've seen people actually post videos and say, look at little Billy playing with the deer. No, uh, Billy's not playing. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and and th- those uh, deer won't be playing either when they retaliate a bit, a bit there. We just want to make sure that's out there in people's minds right now. Dax, thanks for all you do. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We will take a break. We'll come back and we'll do that road tripping with Bob and Mark next. So stay with us here for KSL Outdoors Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what that means. It's time to do a little road tripping. It's road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Navidomsky is still with me. You may want to plug your ears for the next uh, few minutes, Navi. Come on, Willie Nelson's my favorite. Are you kidding me? I'm not talking about the music. I'm talking about the fact that they're going to remind you that ski season is more than half over. That's what you don't want to hear. Right. <laughs> so. Well, that just keeps me skiing yeah, harder. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Navi, you'll be skiing until Fourth uh, of July this year. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about you know using the tram up there at Snowbird, you're probably right. Uh, skiing the top half of the mountain. Uh, Mark Wade, Bob Grove are both here. Mark, welcome in. Thank you. You said you were at uh, where were you? Hardware Ranch this past week. Yeah, up there by Logan, Hiram, just east of Hiram, up in the canyon there. And that's where they feed the elk every winter. Yeah. And, you know, we've had, we've had all this snow, but 
as the spring is starting to come on, they're just wrapping up that, that, that there were 500 elk when I was up there on wow. Friday, just gathered in that valley there. And, and they said that was the last weekend they were going to do that, but they, they do this every winter. And now it's, it's springtime. They're going to stop doing that. Hopefully they can all get some feed somewhere. Yeah, so what we're talking about is looking for ways. Everybody's getting a little uh, cabin fever, a little, I mean, if you're not a skier, uh, got a little cabin fever to get out there and uh, start planning your spring or your summer adventures. Normally, Bob, we would talk about heading south, but if you're getting snowed on, what's the point? Yeah, really. I was going to say, you know, golfers look forward to coming down here in the winter to go golfing the snowbirds, but I tell you, you, you may want to bring your snowshoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Early outdoor destination. St. George is on that list, however, and, you know, a little snow doesn't last long, I'm sure. No, it doesn't. Uh, in fact, it's it's pretty much gone on the most part. Just on the northern shady areas, there might be some. But generally speaking, it's been a colder winter than normal. We had a hotter than normal summer, and now we're having a little bit colder winter than normal. But still, compared to what you have up there, it's a tropical heat wave, and and uh, it's a great place to escape it and come down and enjoy outdoor recreation. I see folks coming down from the northern part of the state that are wearing short, short, short sleeve shirts and shorts <laughs> and sandals, and I'm in my winter coat. Yeah, Navi, you'll often take uh, a class down that way. You know, even earlier in the winter season, just to find some open water to fish on. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta plan it out. Ice off's a tricky little moment, but. You're right. When you, uh, you're you used to this weather up here, you go down there, it's a heat wave. People forget, Mark, that uh, the first day of spring, I think, is what, third week of March? Third week of March, March 21st. That's not that far away. And so you start you start wrapping up the ski season and saying, where can I go? And, and that's we thought we'd just make a list besides St. George. Where else could you go? And, of course, Moab, yeah, it's more deserty there. Moab's a good destination. We like Hanksville. It's a lower elevation, about 4,000 feet, and down there by Tickaboo, where Bob likes to hang out, down by Lake Powell. That's a real deserty area that's going to get warm here in the next few weeks. I was looking at temperatures, and they're going to be around 50 degrees in a lot of these places we're going to talk about. And we think that's perfect for getting outside and just walking, hiking, taking photographs, doing some of the things you like to do in the outdoors. I'll tell you what I've been thinking about, and uh, part of this goes back to a conversation I used to have on a regular basis. When I was hosting the Greenhouse Show with Larry Segers, he would often talk about how spectacular someplace even like Death Valley is when there's been decent precipitation because the uh, wildflowers come out in the spring. I don't know that any of you have had this experience. Bob, you? Yeah, this is this is what, something I look forward to. I, I'm still hoping to get a trip into Death Valley. Usually the first quarter of the year is a good time to see the wildflowers. This isn't, this isn't a super bloom see, uh, year. It's going to be an average bloom. But still, it'll be very pretty. The, they stay in the valley for the first few months, and then they start making their way up into the mountains. But this is the best time of year to go. But it's also their peak season, so yeah. it'll be busier than normal. You go down there, Navi, ever? I've only been there once, but, yeah, I, I think it's beautiful. I love everywhere. So Death Valley makes this list. Where else, Mark? Well, we, we like Kanab. It's at about 5,000 feet, but it's at the very bottom of the state. And uh, it gets some very good weather in the springtime. And, and we also like on Highway 12, I, I put down Escalante, but really what I should have said there is the whole Moroc Road and the Grand Staircase, because from Escalante, which is about 5,800 feet, it just slopes all the way down to, it drains all the way down to the Colorado River to Hole in the Rock, that long road. And so the canyons 
of the Grand Staircase, the Escalante area, and you've got all these slot canyons, Peekaboo, Spooky, Egypt, lots of lots of slot canyons. It's going to be beautiful weather down in there. Yeah. The, the one thing I would warn, and I know you guys want to do this too, is that with the amount of snow we've had, and in some places, as we've already said, Bob, that don't normally have this kind of uh, snow totals, the the runoff when spring comes could make it a little dangerous in the areas of uh, streams, certainly, and rivers. Yeah, you'll remember uh, our experience going up the uh, Zion Narrows a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that They close the Narrows when there's 150 cubic feet per second running through there. You can't walk up the in the river. It's just too dangerous. We really don't expect the Narrows to be open until... In well into the summer it might in 2019 it didn't open until june 22nd and we've had more snow this year than they did that year and wow. so we think it's going to be a similar situation where they may not have the narrows available until later because that river will be roaring as will the santa clara coming out of the pine valley mountains that meets up with the virgin river in saint george and works its way down into lake mead but those rivers are going to be like they are up north because we've had more than normal snowfall it's going to be a pretty interesting spring runoff. Well, I can tell you, and let me just say this, that it's one of the great memories that Casey and I as uh, father-son and, and Becky and I as husband-wife uh, will always have is that day we spent with you guys uh, doing the Narrows. But, uh, Mark, I don't think I'd want to do it with more water. <laughs> I was I was worn out and torn up uh, enough with what we trudged through. Yeah, going upstream against that current is, is just enough. And we It was a beautiful day when we yeah, it really was spectacular. All right. Uh, as always, the information we share is available with pictures, with drone video, with all kinds of great information. If you just go to road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. Bob, thank you. Mark, thank you. You bet. Good to talk with you. We'll uh, take another break. News on the half hour and then snow day coming up right around the corner. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.